Exciting things seem to be happening in the world of The Secret. Joining me, per the usual, from Spruce Pine, North Carolina, is Mr. Bradley. Welcome back to the show. We have another packed episode for everybody. Bradley and I decided a while back to continue the tradition of doing one city per episode, but instead of interviewing veteran hunters, we thought it would be good to explore the theories and ideas that new hunters were coming up with. Joining us today to talk about Charleston are Christopher Pierce and Brian Mills. It's probably a good idea to introduce yourself, Chris. Uh, could you tell us how you got started in the hunt? So, yeah, I got started uh, a little bit after the Forest Fin was released. I was looking for something to kind of fill my time. And when I realized how far of a departure that one would be, I was uh, searching for kind of some armchair treasure hunting. Stumbled upon the secret and uh, then made my way to uh, Quest for Treasures, to 12 Treasures, to the Facebook pages, etc. And I uh, wanted to focus on the Charleston one because I felt pretty uh, passionate about that one, having grown up in the area. So you grew up in Charleston? Yeah, I was uh, raised, grew up on James Island, which is, uh, for the non-Charleston folk, about five miles from downtown Charleston, went to high school there, and then uh, left in 1999 for the military and go back and forth uh over the last 20 years thank you for uh, your military service first of all that's awesome man thanks um, for your support absolutely so you, you know you're in the likes of one of the cast finders as far as being a, a military veteran and being in the hunt um our chicago finders actually almost all of the chicago finders went into the military yeah Maybe we can uh, revisit that trend with Charleston. <laughs> that would be awesome. So, so Chris, you've got um, an interesting, like you've got a good background for the sun, right? Growing up in the area. How, how old are you, by the way? So I'm 39. I, uh, so you, you, you played in Charleston, you know, around the time these, not, not around the time these would have been buried, but um, a few years after. You, yeah. Yeah. You at least got to experience the time. So how much is how much has Charleston changed in that amount of time? Charleston in general has changed. It wasn't the tourist city that you see today. I'm in the early late seventies, early eighties. I can't comment so much on the seventies except, you know, what my parents tell me. But in the early eighties, uh, early nineties, it wasn't, you know, we were still developing an identity as a tourist city. Uh, you know, we had the hospitality piece, we had the culinary scene, but it really just hadn't formed in the identity that Charleston is today. It's a pretty fantastic tourist industry. Uh, and as such, Charleston had put a lot of money into uh, polishing up its image, and that uh, holds true as well for White Point Gardens, uh, or colloquially known as the Battery. Uh, and it's just, it's a very different park today than it was 20 years ago, than it was 38 years ago. And I'm hoping we have some time to talk about some of those changes as we go on through the podcast tonight. Yeah, I kind of, I, I grew up in... Um... 
a town called Anderson, South Carolina, which is in upstate South Carolina. Right. Um, and I, uh, I lived there until I was like, I, my grandparents lived there. So I lived there until I was like, uh, I don't know, in third grade or whatever. That's when we moved to St. Augustine. And I remember I'd, I'd go to my grandparents every summer and every summer we'd go to Charleston. Uh, it was just what people in South Carolina did, right? You either went to Charleston, you went to Myrtle Beach. And I remember it being a very, very different place. I remember it kind of being run down. Like, I remember my grandparents specifically taking me to White Point Gardens, and it was just, I remember it kind of being trashy. It was very trashy. Uh, I mean, during the day, you really didn't have much to worry about. You got to climb on cannons, cannonballs, walk through the park, uh, feed the birds. Those were the things you did. You certainly steered clear of White Point at night. It was often where the people went Friday nights to blast their music, drink, and really seek out illicit uh, illegal behaviors. <laughs> so it really wasn't the, the savory type of crowd that you might find there today. Which seems to kind of be a trend that we're seeing in parks at The Secret. Well, Pupolo Park, if I'm not mistaken, it was very similar. Yeah, Pupolo Park was, was run down. Battery Park in New York was kind of run down as well. Um, the Fountain of Youth was nothing compared to what it is today. So that, you know, th these parks not being major, major, like beautiful tourist attractions seems to kind of be a trend. It certainly does. And uh, I was hoping, you know, we can talk about what's changed at White Point. We could talk about what's changed at Washington Park. We could talk about what's changed at Hazel Parker Playground. Um, but I don't know that that will be time well spent because I think we can we kind of come from the same mindset that if it's down in Charleston, uh, not in Ohio or not in uh, Baltimore or wherever some of these crazy theories take it, that it's going to be likely at White Point Gardens. So I think it's prudent. Let's talk about how that's changed in the last 40 years. Oh, you've done it now. You said crazy theories. <laughs> you've done it now. Speaking of crazy theories, let's introduce our other guest. No, uh, let's uh, now that we've got sort of your backstory out of the way, let's uh, let's let's ask Brian the same question. Brian, what's your um, how did how did you get into the hunt? Um, personally, I got into it um, rather easily. I, I was watching the Expedition Unknown episode where uh, they did the Charleston uh, and uh, I was really interested into it. And uh, my dad actually had the book, uh, The Secret. And uh, during that episode, he showed it to me. Uh, this is roughly about two years ago. And um, just, I was really, really into it and liked reading the book. And so I went out and bought my own version of the book. And um, living in Beaufort, just south of uh, Charleston, I decided that would be the easiest one for me to go after. So um, Wait, you're, I went... You're your dad has a copy of The Secret? That's awesome. Yes. Yes, Is actually it like he does. like a first edition copy? Uh, I wish, but no. <laughs> it's oh, a uh, okay, okay. 2000, 2015 version. I'm guessing your dad get into it because of Expedition Unknown as well? Absolutely. Yeah, it's one of his favorite shows to watch, uh, even though he says Josh Gates never finds anything. <laughs> found one thing. Uh, which I thought was good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said, living, living in Beaufort, just south of uh, Charleston, um, I found it rather easy to go to Charleston pretty much any weekend that I want. And um, that's been my pretty much my addiction for the last two years uh, to the point where my wife says I'm obsessed with uh, trying to find this cask. And uh, I, I agree with her 100%. Yeah, yeah join so. the club there. I got to ask, George, <laughs> is Rachel really not going to marry you till you find a cask? 
Rachel is really not going to marry me until I find a cat. It it started out as a it started out as a little like there's a there's a little bit of a, a a backstory and some stuff that goes along with it, but it started out as like an inside joke. But now it's like no, I'm not going to do it. Like she's she's holding me to my word. I'm gonna I'm, uh, wow. I'm gonna bury a replica one for you, and we're gonna stage this dig just so that this, I appreciate that. You know, I can cupid this for you. I think I think she's like I think at this point our life revolves around the secret so much and it, and it really does it annoys the crap out of her where she's just like it this is gonna be worth it eventually like you're gonna have to do this or well there's a loophole here and I think we can exploit it does anybody know where JM lives <laughs> it's too soon <laughs> find a cat uh, that's a little we bit can... too soon. We can find a cast. <laughs> wow. Damn. Uh, Brian, you were talk- <laughs> Brian, you were talking about um, Josh Gates never finding anything. So I recently um, had the pleasure of going to one of his, uh, his shows in um, Charlotte. He did uh, uh, one of his presentations. It's not directly linked to EU. It's more just about uh, him and his story. Um but at the end, he does a, a public Q&A. So, you know, you, you get to ask questions. And so I brought that up and I was like, hey, you know, I'm a big fan. But uh, one of the things that a lot of people uh, say, you know, in, in my opinion, too often is that you never find anything. Personally, you know, our and I gave him, you know, this entire spill. I was like, you know, our viewpoint on it is it's not necessarily finding the treasure. The The treasure is the journey and looking for it, you know, the spend the time you get to spend with friends and family, the new friends and family that you get to meet during the process. Um, and I asked him, you know, what was your um, your viewpoint on it? And he quickly um, went to, well, no, we, we rarely find what we're looking for, but the amazing discoveries that we find that we weren't even looking for um, uh, should be noted. And so it had a little <laughs> bit of a, a defensive tone, but not, uh, not too mm-hmm. much. Um, uh, but then he agreed with us. Um, but you know, on his most recent show, they found like a ridiculous amount of, I think, Roman coins in a field, um, which was amazing. So that was pretty awesome. Wow. But I just yeah, thought it's it pretty awesome. Happen. Expedition unknown gets a lot of shit. Um, in the community because of sort of the some of the stuff that they brought in but one thing that i've noticed that they've done is they've brought in families right i've noticed like Mm -hmm. whenever i go out to dig with somebody at the fountain of youth like i met um melanie and her husband and and uh sully they're they're they're, they're three kids um just uh tomorrow i'm going to meet a, a guy who's searching with this kid who has has an autistic son and they're searching together a couple of weeks ago i met a family that had that adopted a daughter was like a victim of child abuse and um but i have noticed that what they've done is they've they've brought in families who search together and the hunt sort of gives the family something to do and it gives them a way to bond and like expedition unknown is amazing for that i'll have to give them all the props that it's it's sort of inspiring to see how it's brought families together i think if we take anything away from this it's that uh Bradley told Josh that he never finds anything, and we all support Josh's ability to find great things. Yes. Bradley is wrong. Screw you, Bradley. Send him the fan mail. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so Brian, you, Brian, you live in Beaufort. Did you grow up in Beaufort? Uh, absolutely not. Um, originally, I'm from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, lived here in Beaufort since 2001. Wait, so, so. so it's, is Beaufort and Beaufort two different places? 
two different places. Buford oh. is South Carolina. Beaufort is North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, it's all in the uh, pronunciation. Don't don't try to understand South Carolina names. Like there's a there's a town called uh, Due West, which is due east of 96 in South. Car- it's weird. Like South Carolina names are they're funky. Yeah, Absolutely. South Carolina cities. Are I agreed. Weird. So let's 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 get in. Let's dig into the to to Charleston. Um, I think the easiest way. Because a, a lot of a lot of folks that are joining the podcast are, are new and they didn't necessarily listen to the older episodes. They don't necessarily know much about Charleston. So I think a, a good thing to do would be to walk through a couple of solutions. Would you guys mind walking us through? Maybe start off with Chris. Chris, would you mind walking us through your solution? Maybe we could talk about. Sure, absolutely, George. Uh, one of the things I'd like to preface it with is so many times I and maybe I take a hard stance with uh, the comments on the Facebook page, but I truly have a very altruistic perspective, and that is we have to understand how the park looked, what's changed, what's been significant, what potentially was significant to the hunt back then that's not there now. Are there visual indicators that you might have used in the 80s and 90s that you can't use now? Uh, And that's one of those contexts that the contemporary searcher doesn't have. And I I hope I can give them some insight to that, uh, if not in previous posts, hopefully in tonight's podcast. One of those things I think that are missing are one of the cannons that uh, is right at the end of Meeting Street and um, Church Street and South Battery, not the Meeting Street one. So Church Street and South Battery, there was a cannon there, a small cannon that's very similar to the the fake cannon that's uh, along Murray Boulevard. That cannon is missing. We mentioned that on the walkthrough that we did a couple of weeks ago. And I I mentioned that because in, in the context of my proposal, you need that cannon there if you ascribe to cannons being one of the arms extended. So that being said, there was a cannon there. It's not there anymore. It hasn't been there for many years. The other thing, we obviously know the capstan from the main is missing. So those two key pieces, or potentially key pieces, they're not there anymore. Now, I have a long-standing, uh, it's the bane of my existence, to find these horizontal bars that existed or at least i say existed <laughs> around what is the moultrie uh statue that's commonly referred to the sergeant jasper statue i can't find a picture i don't expect anybody to believe me i lived it they were there what else can i tell you so here here's here's something i would say uh, uh people listening aren't going to know what you're talking about so why don't we do this why don't we go why don't we go through the verse and sure. then just break break down your solution per the verse. I mean, starting with yeah, uh, starting with of all the romances re- retold. Yeah. So when I started with that, I, I read a lot of people's uh, suppositions that this is Treasure Island, but the oh, was short of a couple of words that match and the obvious parallels to piracy. I couldn't really connect the dots until I had read the Yemisee, which is authored by William Sims. There's. I think the last keyword count search I did for romance, tales, tunes, cruel, bold, eyes of old, there was like 175 keyword search matches in the Yemisee alone. Now, in the preface, William Sims, who's a lawyer by trade, but an author by his self-profession, he declares the Yemisee to be a romance novel and not in the contemporary type of, you know, Sally loves John but in the uh, the historical context, which really parallels well with the Japanese clues. So I thought, hey, maybe we're on to something. Maybe it's not Treasure Island. Maybe it's William Sims. 
and so happens there's a William Sims bust in White Point Gardens. That doesn't help you much except, hey, that might be a literary uh, context clue, but it's certainly not a visual indicator. There's nothing in the uh, image to support that, that it's Sims or anything romantic or cruel or bold or anything like that. So I just want to put that out there because I believe Sims is one of the four uh, points of reference that we're going to use as we go through my proposal. So if we get through the first five lines, romance retold, tales and tunes, cruel and bold, blah, 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 blah. That takes us to the next eight. What I refer to these is this is where it starts to solidify White Point Gardens or the battery as the dig site, but it doesn't put you any closer to an actual dig location. So standing and listening to the birds, you can do that anywhere in Charleston. It just, uh, it's just, it's a waterside city, a harbor city. You're going to get that everywhere. Same thing with the clear song of water. There's a lot of, um, hey, that's got to be the uh, Confederate Memorial, not the statue, the uh, Daughters of the Confederacy Fountain. And to be sure, it could be. Uh, it doesn't dissuade you from entering the park. There's water all around the park. You can enter from anywhere. Freedom at the birthplace of a century. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Or May 1913. Taken together or separately what does this mean uh it could obviously the may 1913 as well established as the main capstan there's some contrarian point of views but i won't get into them but freedom at the birthplace of the century what does that mean and through my research i have established that the uss maine was in havana cuba january 24th 1898 is that close enough to 1900 to be considered the birth of a century maybe maybe not i assume that it is uh, it's close enough for me. And if it isn't, it's still May 1913. So that's a uh, reference point that we can establish. Now, this is the next one. If I had the answers to Edwin or Edwina and Edwina, uh, I think we'd be talking about the cask that we found, not the cask that we want to find. But a lot of people assume it's Edwin Harleston, um, something of that nature. Now, on the Facebook post, I posted a couple months ago about the schooner that had... Uh, ran aground in the northeast corner of White Point Gardens, just along the uh, the sand there that's there. Uh, so I believe that it could be one of the two, uh, Harleston or Edwina. But again, none of those things really matter. It gets you close enough to White Point Gardens, but it doesn't tell you a dig location. It just gives you a, a various area. And the eighth of scene, that's a tough one. There's so much ambiguity with that. My research led me to... Um, a lot of people want to say Steed Bonnet, but I disagree. I don't think it has anything to do with the hanging of Steed Bonnet. I think it has everything to do with the hanging of Steed Bonnet's crew that was hanged on the 8th. And Bonnet was hanged uh, a few days later. He wasn't hanged until the 10th of November. So 22 of his crew members were hanged on the 8th. And that's a close enough reference for me. But again, doesn't really matter because it only takes us to White Point Gardens more so on the eastern side, not on the western side of uh, White Point Gardens. So if we can all agree that it doesn't matter if you start on the north entrance, the eastern entrance, the southern entrance, or at the Sims Memorial, we are somewhere on the eastern half of White Point Gardens. Where do we dig, though? I mean, there's so many opportunities to dig and no real guide to where we go until we get to the last six lines. Those are the location lines. Two arms extended. What does that mean? Byron Price 
pretty uh, genius guy to write the uh, kind of a double entendre because you've got the Confederate Memorial with an arm. You've got the Moultrie Memorial with an arm. In some context, arms can be cannons. We know these things, but which one is it? And this is why I think it was important to point out the missing cannon that's on Church Street and um, South Battery, because without that cannon there, you would never know that there were two arms to be between. You just had the fake cannon that's on Murray Boulevard. Otherwise, you're looking at the cannons that line the outskirts of the battery. But knowing that there's a second cannon there, we can say that, hey, those are two arms extended. Let me find a bar. In my experience, the only bar that's ever existed in any typical form of the, uh, the word surrounded the Moultrie Memorial statue. I have a picture I posted a couple weeks ago, and I actually included it in my edited solve today, or solution proposal, that shows a very, I'm not a Photoshop type of guy, but it shows my rendition of what I remember the bars surrounding the Moultrie Memorial to look like. They existed, they were about, at the time that I remember them, in the mid to late 90s, they were about 18 inches off what would be considered the top of the ground at that point. Erosion had taken place all around that Jasper statue, and it really wasn't kind to it. What you see in the old pictures and what you see today, it was much more built up. But as you approach the statue, you see the concrete curb that's around it. You would almost step over it and step down. Now it's not the case. Now you step over it and up to the uh, inclined ground. So these bars existed, and below them was about 18 inches of space until you hit topsoil. So those are bars, at least in the context of my proposal, that I believe uh, we're referencing here. Long Palm Shadow. So many people want to get caught up in uh, shadow theories, and I, I gave it some stock. I really calculated it, and White Point Gardens is a great, great place to really capture or test that hypothesis because the, the battery faces, it's pretty much right along north, south, east, and west. So you can really just pinpoint where a shadow would be. So I don't think we're talking in the context of any shadow of a palm tree. Uh, I think it would be uh, bad on Byron to pin it to a, a living thing that could be removed. A lot of people go to the Moultrie Memorial and see the palm shadow there. Well, let's assume it is the palm's shadow. Or proverbially speaking, I think it's a figure of speech because Moultrie statue is not going to not going to put any shadow. So if we just use it in the context of a literary term that the shadow would be below it, or if the shadow was directly below Moultrie's palm, you would be on either side of it, embedded in the sand. Sand is what gives everybody such a hard time. I think it's a literary uh, analogous to it's just the dirt. White Point Gardens has been nothing but a sandbar since its inception. Uh, there's sand below the dirt. There's sand mixed into the dirt. White Point Gardens is sand in some well, way, what, shape, or form. What I remember from when I was a kid, there wasn't really any grass in White Point Gardens. Like White Point Gardens was a rundown park, and it was basically sand. You would be correct, and that really corresponds with my memory as well. But even so, we've got a fellow hunter, Lauren Smith, who grew up right down the street from the Battery has a fantastic picture of him sitting on the missing cannon uh, just out of view of the Moultrie statue, which would have uh, proved the provenance of my uh, bars that I say existed. But you can really see that the grass wasn't grown. The park was not as uh, manicured as it is today. It's really a, a great picture in that it shows you uh, 19, early 1980s what the park looked like, except for those damn bars. 
So that's one uh, that takes my, takes me to, you know, you're standing at the, if you're standing at the Moultrie Jasper statue directly under his palm, you would be to your right or to your left or your really only spots. If you, if you uh, align with that proposal, you have your white house, you have bars that aren't there anymore, but what you have now that you didn't have then are red paving bricks. So I know we've talked ad nauseum about probing that ground and if it's been checked. Certainly, it could have been checked. It's probably been checked. Uh, a couple of close hits. What can't be checked with a probing rod is underneath these bricks. Now, I know it's kind of a cop out of me to say, hey, I bet the cask is under these bricks because you can't prove me wrong. That's certainly not the position taking. What I'm saying is those bricks weren't there in the 80s, and there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of square footage that exists between the statue and the ending of those bricks wherein a cast could have been buried. Eh, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. give you that. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the bricks, right? I'll sure. give you the bricks, but there's, there's still, there's a lot of little issues that can be taken with, with this solution. Like, uh, not, not the least of which is on the eight, the scene, mm-hmm. like we, uh, there's <clears throat> nothing on that steed bonnet monument that tells you what date they, the, the pirates were hanged. There's, there's the eighth is not there. You have to dive pretty deep into history to figure that out. And I don't even if correct me if I'm wrong, but we're not even sure it was on the eighth, right? It. I have, um, I have uh, paperwork that shows uh, November eighth, two days after Bonnet's recapture and uh, return to prison, that the guys were hung, the pirates were hung on November eighth. I think my point is it's it's difficult to find that information now. How much more difficult would it have been for Byron to find in like 1981? I totally agree with you. Yeah. So it really shines a light on how much research could somebody have done or would have done to substantiate such a claim. And I was had a thought today. I said, well, yes, you could pull up the um, you pull up the whole text of the trial. And you'd have to say, well, Byron had to get this on microfiche to be able to understand this. Or maybe he took a horse-drawn carriage tour and maybe they said it there. That's Either exactly way. My next question was going to be, was um, was there some sort of tour that people would have taken where somebody would have been calling out facts? Maybe. But would, Brian, would Byron have been the type of guy to, you know, is he scribing all of this? I will concede that it could be a stretch to... Uh, give that eighth a scene and i love from the last podcast your uh your thought george on going to the confederate memorial for eighth a scene because very clearly there's an illustration of a scene yeah there's there's a bunch of them and there's eight sides and as soon as you walk up to the to the confederate memorial the first words you see are count them yes fantastic to me it's to me that confederate memorial for on an eighth a scene um, is perfect, but I'll get into, so what, I guess probably the easiest thing for the, for us to do here is we'll, we'll talk about your solution. We'll talk about Brian's solution and then maybe I'll give mine and then we can just sort of, um, debate, right? Sure. Um, cause, cause the different, the, tr- the, the main goal, I, I think that I wanted to achieve or that me and Bradley wanted to achieve with, with these new podcasts was, was that debate. There seems to be a lot of, uh, th- there's differences in the way the new members are solving puzzles versus the way the old members are solving puzzles and whatever. And people are having a hard time debating. So I'd at least like to be able to do it in a, in a, you know, sure. Uh, respectful way. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely. You're essentially saying with your solution, you should end up at the Jasper statue under the bricks 
um, where where those bars were, the connecting the cannonballs or the the connecting the cannonballs around the monument. Correct. Yes. I, and the the problem with that is we're unable to find pictures to prove that they were there. I know, but what I mean, I'll take I'll take it. I'll take it. It's your word. But my problem with that is going to be it doesn't really jive with the the Japanese hints, right? The Japanese hints say that a bar that binds has to be a bar that binds two things together, and a bar connecting two cannonballs isn't really binding anything. Correct. But I, I guess I want to make this point of differentiation. It didn't connect the cannonballs. The cannonballs rested on a whatever uh, diameter or uh, eight by eight concrete pedestal, and these bars were actually. Uh, you know, fabricated to connect those pedestals so the pedestals didn't lean over and topple. Um, so in that sense, I wonder if it doesn't meet the male of the Japanese clue because you have a pedestal to the right and a pedestal to the left, and you have a bar that connects it. And then between each pedestal that goes around Jasper, you have a bar there. Um, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Maybe. I like how we I, um, just, just started a plan. You tell your theory. We'll hear the other theory. I'll tell my theory. Then we'll debate. Now let's debate. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess conver- conversation is going to yeah. happen in the middle, no matter what. Yeah. Really. So before I before I wrap up for full debate, I you know one of the other things that drew me to this location is the tree branch from the painting. You know, because I asked myself, where are the visual indicators for this? I don't see the visual indicators. But then I remembered that there was a tree branch that, although not a cypress branch, uh, does very similarly mark uh, or trace the path of the oak branch that's now missing it's been cut it was cut sometime in the uh, early 2000s and in my proposal you can see a a forward facing and a backwards facing uh illustration of this branch and when you look at it if you if you kind of take a glance at the painting and you take a look at the tree branch you're like okay maybe but then people get into tree branch growth and all this other crazy botanical stuff um but i remember it from my childhood i remember it from my childhood so and it's valid. It's valid. 40 years of tree branch growth is, you know, that's a valid argument to make. It certainly is. So I only know how I remember it. I only see what I see in the, uh, the, um, tree branch picture. But what, what I want to end my proposal on is this. If you're standing at Jasper, what do we have? Do we have visual indicators or do we have literary indicators that bring us to some manner of conclusion wherein we satisfy A, B, C, and D? So notwithstanding the bars that exist, we've already beaten that down. If we look, if we're standing facing north, we look to the right, we see the main capstan. If we look to the left, we see the Sims bust. If we look to the north, we have a missing cannon. Well, we had a cannon at the time that's missing now. And if we look to the south, we have another cannon. So truly, Jasper's statue is in between two arms. We have a romance novelist to our left. We have the main capstan to the right. Notwithstanding the tree branch, let's avoid that. And we have allegedly bars that existed that, in you know, my opinion, connected to concrete pedestals, uh, actually connected four concrete pedestals. So in this context, we have a couple of visual indicators. If, if the main capstan is the lion's nose, we are between two arms if arms are cannons. We're looking at a white house, and we've got some bars. So in that sense, it passes muster. At least, you know, some percentage. I don't say 100% because, you know, I dare not tempt fate like that. So that's what I wanted to end my proposal on. I can... I can say that I can say that before anybody starts digging around the Jasper Monument, that uh, about eight inches below the dirt around the Jasper Monument is a big, thick, like it's a half inch thick uh, plastic, sort of a tub 
that they have the the flower bed in. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't tell you how I know that, but um, <laughs> it's there. So uh, once you're if you're ever poking around the Jasper Monument, you hit something. It's just a plastic tub. You can't go any deeper. So try not to dig that up. Yeah. And um, like you, George, I'm familiar with how they would have, uh, you know, set up that bed when they were renovating it. They would have put some kind of plastic liner or something there to uh you know yeah. help support the topsoil so don't poke it there's no need to poke it if it's there it's there if it's if it is there it's under bricks so um you'd have to go diagonally would be my recommendation <laughs> if i were recommending <laughs> <laughs> so brian yes yes you've got you've got ideas yes yeah, Brian have... kind of ends up. Brian kind of ends up where uh, where we were. Where well, yeah, Brian kind of ends up where I used to. Where I used to believe the cask was. Yeah, Brian, why don't you walk us through uh, your ideas? All right. Well, uh, first off, um, I look at the image and um, the the painting that we have here, and I looked for things that actually tied me to Charleston, other than the ginormous map of Charleston <laughs> on the uh, mask forehead. That's not Baltimore. Um, no. It's Paducah, <laughs> Kentucky, dude. Right. <laughs> right. So um, I know a little bit of history um, about piracy. My brother that is older than me uh, is a pirate fanatic, and he loves Pirate Festival down in Savannah, down at Tybee Island. Um, he's real, real versed on pirates. So knowing that much um, about piracy and everything, I look at this image uh, of the Charleston map on the, the mask. And uh, I see that's Charleston. And uh, I know that Blackbeard was tied to Charleston, uh, blockaded the harbor, and uh, wouldn't let ships in or out, whatever, whatever. Um, upon his capture, uh, Blackbeard was decapitated, and legend says his head was sent to uh, Virginia, where the governor there turned the skull into a goblet a drinking wine drinking glass and if you look at our image uh the lion the nose everybody says it's the capstan which i do agree but if you look at that nose and the line that goes down to his mouth to me that is a hands down a goblet and to me that says piracy uh for blackbeard it signifies blackbeard uh that on top of the map of Charleston uh, that's on the mask also looks like the top of a skull. So by logic, I put those two together and that brought me to Charleston also along with the map of Charleston itself. Um, from there, uh, and that's, I'm not even looking at the verse yet. I was just completely looking at the image. Um, I live in Beaufort, again, just south of Charleston. I've been here for almost 20 years. I go to Charleston fairly regularly. Uh, I know about the Perriman Bridge that uh, has turned to the Cooper River Bridge, and then now it's now the uh, Arthur Ravenel Bridge. And I know that the branch that goes across the picture, or the painting, is uh, representing the Perriman Bridge. So, again, another tie to Charleston. Excuse me. so here I am. I'm in Charleston. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what place to to go search, what park. Uh, I was completely clueless. I had no idea. Uh, so I start just looking at the, um, the image again. I enhance it as much as I can with a computer. 
um, didn't help too much. You know, it is what it is. There's no real hidden images. Um, one of the things that I did do, I took the image and I literally reversed it, um, quite literally flipped it over, not upside down, just flipped it over left to right. And when I did that, um, I got a name. Uh, it says John W. Uh, right where the coordinates for 33 would be at. If you're looking at the main image, the lion's mane on the uh, facing the image on the left side, uh, when you reverse the image, it literally says John W. And uh, I tried for almost two months to figure out who John W. is and how that was related to Charleston. Uh, come to find out, John Quincy Adams, uh, I forget the last name. I want to say it was Ward. Hold on one second here. John Quincy Adams Ward. It's a good last name. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, John Quincy Adams Ward was the sculptor for the Sims monument, the bust of Sims. So by logic, by default, I am now in White Point Carving because that is where the Sims monument is. So... That's how I get to White Point Garden through everything without even looking at the verse. Um, and I mean, th there could be other references to Sims throughout, you know, throughout Charleston, uh, but this was the first one that I came across. And like I said, it put me right in White Point Garden. Um, so going from there, uh, I picked up the verse and again, started reading it. And uh, the first couple of lines, everybody knows uh, ties into Treasure Island, which again is pirate themed. Um, so that was a little bit more confirmation for me along with the, uh, the Blackbeard uh, references that are in the actual image. Um, so I skip around the verse. Uh, the, again, like, like uh, Chris said, the birds, you can hear birds anywhere. You know, so I wasn't too worried about that part. Um, the, hear the cool, clear song of water uh, in the verse. To me, that led me to the Hunley Monument. Uh, it's a, a monument that's got two little streams of water coming out. They splash down into little small bowls. Um, you can hear that water probably 10, 15 feet away from the monument. You know, no worries there. Uh, so I'm standing at the, that monument and i um, Harken to the words that again is another to me is another reference to Sims uh, being the the uh, Arthur that he is and everything. Uh, so I, I go to, I go to that monument. I, I literally follow line for line and just see where it where it takes me. You know, quite literally. Um, so being at the Sims monument, uh, my next line in the verse would be "Freedom at the birth of a century" or May nineteen thirteen. Uh, again, everybody knows the May 1913 is uh, the cap stand from the, from the main. Um, but I struggled with freedom at the birth of a century. Um, a little bit of research I did. Um, Cuba was having their revolution uh, in uh, the, the, about the same time that the, the main was sunk. So I took it as Cuba getting their, their freedom uh, through their revolution and everything, and which was just what a year and a half, two years before the turn of the century. Um, the Edwin and Edwina named after him. Um, like everybody, I thought it was leading to Harrelston, uh, the funeral home and everything. Um, yeah, it, it, that kind of worked, but it didn't 
have anything to do with White Point Garden, where I was. So uh, like Chris, I found out about this schooner that was, that was beached and everything. So that kind of satisfied my, my need for, for that line. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the next four lines uh, of the verse, everybody, in my opinion, goes, goes crazy with them. Um, everybody has their own opinions and, you know, take it for what it's worth. This is just my opinion and you can berate me all you like, but this is what I'm sticking with. Um, starting with the, the first line, it says, or on the eighth is seen. Uh, a lot of people go to the, the, the pirate monument, the Steve Bonnet monument. And like everybody else, that's where I went to. And uh, as George said, it only says that the pirates were hung in autumn. It doesn't say a specific date. So I kind of shied away from that for a while. And, um, you know, I, I assumed that's where it was, was leading me to. But, you know, I, I just kind of skipped over that line for a second. Um, the next line, it says, where law defended. I kind of attributed that line to the pirate monument as well, because the pirates being hung uh, in autumn, yeah, obviously the law defended. That's, it, the law did what it did. Um, the next line is between two extended arms. Uh, again, everybody goes kind of squirrely here. Um, you have literally cannons everywhere. I think there's like 22 cannons in this park. Uh, so you have lots of places between extended firearms that could be, uh, where you, where you go, or you have literally the, the arm extended at the Confederate Defenders Monument and the arm extended at the Jasper Monument. So there's that area that you could search between those two. Um, and originally I thought cannons because they're so prominent. And again, piracy, my, my mind keeps going towards the pirate theme and it just keeps popping up over and over and over. Um, so I started searching between extended cannons, literally. Uh, the part that got me totally hung up originally was below the bar that binds. I could not for the life of me find any bar in the whole park. Uh, I was to the point where I thought the battery itself would be considered a bar because it actually physically held the waters out of the park. So how that helped me, I have no idea, but that's just where my mind went. Um, beside the long palm shadow, um, I did not know of any palm trees that were missing uh, up until we did the walkthrough in the meeting uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, only then did I realize that there was palm trees that were taken out by Hurricane Hugo. Um, and I have since then found out where these palm trees were. And uh, to me, of those two palm trees that were missing, one of them being taller than the other, that one is the one that I kind of attributed to being the long palm shadow. And uh, I took that palm, uh, being the, the long palm shadow, uh, and I used it because the very next line says embedded in the sand. And there is a cannon, the Columbad cannon, uh, on the corner of the park that was literally embedded in the sand. And so that's how I got to that particular area, uh, quite literally. And literally across the street, there is the White House at hand. 
or t- two houses down from that is for South Battery, which is uh, the house that uh, was given to Daisy, which is, uh, again, part of the picture. So that was, that was all my original thinking. Um, my final dig spot solution would be somewhere around that column pad cannon. But I want to try to back up a little bit and go back to uh, the line that's the eighth on a scene or on the eighth of scene. Uh, again, that to me, that was the Steve Bonnet monument. And so I did a little bit of research and I did find that um, very, very little research, actually. And I found out that on November 8th, um, his crew was hung. The, the pirates were hung. And then uh, he was recaptured and uh, executed a few days later. Uh, so I looked at that those four lines as one complete sentence instead of individual locations throughout the park. Um, I took it as quite literally on the eighth of scene where Paul defended between two extended arms below the bar that binds. And the reason I think that is because, uh, again, being pirate fanatic, just like my brother, uh, a set of gallows uh, has upright supports. Um, those upright supports would be called arms. And uh, literally, the place where the rope would hang uh, from the very top is a bar. It's usually a wooden bar that connects the two arms that go vertical. So to me, it's quite literally between two extended arms and the bar that binds describes the actual gallows that were used to hang the pirates. So that's where I am with that. I have a, I have a little bit of a problem with the bar that binds, right? Yes. Before we found the Japanese hints, um, it was really easy to argue the bar that binds, but the Japanese hints is very specific. It's a bar that's binding two things together. It's holding two things together. And I mean, you can, you can argue that the bar on top of a gallows holds the two arms together. You can hold, you, you could argue or holds the two posts together. You could argue that the two posts hold up the arm it, but neither of them bind anything together. Like binding is very specific in so much that binding was used in the Japanese hints. Like it has to pull two things together or hold two things together. Um, I, I I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you with the, um, with the column bad, that that plaque that said that the column bad was embedded in the sand like that's pretty obvious that's got a pretty um, fantastic it, story too that Kia yeah, cook gun yeah. uh and i would love for it to be there especially you know in the image you've got uh, on the right hand side you've got this uh sideways k and you're like man is that a is that a tie to the Kia cook gun which is that that cannon in the northeast corner that we're talking about yeah yes so it's it, the weird thing about these column, these cannons um, is they have a lot of bars in them, right? They have yes, a lot of bars absolutely. that go through both sides. They have uh, bars that hold the wheels together. They got bars that hold the cannon. They've only got one bar and its main purpose is to hold those two pieces of irons together. And allegedly mm-hmm. during a storm, I went down there and dug underneath that bar and there's nothing there. So don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's so it, it, I, I, I like this kind of conversation because so far we've got two people with two very different, you know, solutions thinking about this puzzle in very different ways. Um, let me give you, let me give you how the, me as a veteran always saw this. And then maybe we'll, you know, talk about the differences between the three. I always looked at this back in the day. We always thought you had to have a way into the parks, right? 
Um, now we're seeing that that's not necessarily true. But back before um, back before Boston, the veterans always thought like you, you need a way into the park. You need a path. You need a path through the park. Right. Um, my thought was always you've got the you've got the 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 treasure island quote and you can throw it away like it's a it's a literary reference we understand it we don't need it anymore um and then the beginning of how to find this cask starts with stand and listen to the birds there's a giant bandstand in the middle of this park something something that's um something that's important to realize about white point gardens is very symmetrical Right, you've got four, four, four. Uh, is it four squares? You have eight similarly. Eight squares. Uh, eight squares. Yeah, yeah. So it, you have four squares on each side of this park, right? It's there. It's very, very symmetrical, and you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You have twelve entrances to this park. Yes. So how is Byron going to put you in this park and tell you where to go? The easiest way for him to do it is go stand in the middle of this park. Stand at the bandstand, stand where you hear the water, stand where you hear the Hunley monument, just like Brian said. Sure. And then hearken to the words, like just pay attention to these words, freedom at the birth of a century or 1913. It's telling you, okay, you're standing in the middle of this park. Where do you, how do you know where to go? You go towards the battery, right? You go to you concentrate on these four squares on the, you, on the, you on go the battery to May side. 1913, right? Right. Go to that side of the park. Mm-hmm. Then once you're at that side of the park, all right, you're standing in the middle of two very symmetrical squares, right? Everything on the left side of that park is the exact same as the right side of the park, right? The trees are the exact same, everything. It's very symmetrical. So where do you go? You go to where on the eight, a scene where law defended, you go to the, the, the Confederate monument, yep. you walk up to the Confederate monument, you see count them, you count them. There's eight scene or there's eight sides, each side having a scene. On the eighth of scene, it seems very easy to me. You're at the Confederate monument. What do you do now? You go, you you find two arms extended. Now I'm, I'm I'm screwed up here. I don't I don't know. There's so many different arms, right? But you know the Confederate monument's got one arm extended. It's extended one way, and there's nothing on the battery side of it. So you know whatever you're looking for is away is is on the side away from the battery you're looking for something on the uh, on the other side of that arm and it was buried not underwater so you have to go that part exactly so there's only one thing if you're standing at the confederate monument and you turn around there's only one thing that could literally have a bar in it that binds two things together and in the middle of the street in the middle of the damn road there are two uh bollards basically like uh things to keep traffic from running into the median Mm -hmm. that have little holes in them and a long time ago i found a youtube video from like a family uh family trip in like 1987 where this car drove past it and you could see there was a bar that ran straight through it that was my that was my bar that binds like right right there it is is a bar it's holding two things together it's literally got bolts on either side of it let's dig underneath that um it says Beside the long palm shadow, there's a palm tree right there, right next to it. Mm-hmm. Embedded in the sand, you're standing on sand, you're looking at the White House. Let's dig right there. So allegedly, possibly, someone did. Uh, there's nothing there. You can leave that alone. Yeah, I love it because, you know, outside of the – and I, I use the term outside of the park not to say that, you know, it's not contained in White Point or outside. But just, you know, in that median, that is a legitimate bar. And it's it's connecting to – vertical uh pieces you know yeah. to the concrete bollards 
Um, yeah, and I, I like that idea too, but my only small issue with that whole area is in the book it says it would not be buried in any dangerous place. And to me, that's the media in the middle the of the, the road. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it does. So to I me, that's, that that, that's only yeah. fatal flaw is that it's two roads on either side. But, you know, I don't could see be a fatal flaw with dangerous. it. The only uh, <laughs> contention I have with it is it didn't yield a cask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, that's you know, that's the main fatal flaw there. <laughs> hey, it, I mean, to if, me – to me, guys, it meets the criteria. And if we look at it from a criteria-based perspective, it checks A, it checks B, it checks C, it checks D. It just didn't have a cask. So it's a yeah. well, high probability well, he, location. So so same thing that George was saying earlier about the bar that binds in the Japanese clue. How does a bar that's just bolted in between two bollards bind anything? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't. I don't know. I mean, but it's a bar that's bolted. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a the flaw. Bolts, right. Obviously, <laughs> obviously it's a, obviously it's a flaw. There was no cask. So I was wrong. I mean, before we used to think it was the bar that held the, uh, the, the park benches together mm-hmm. and that's where we were digging. I don't know. Like I, I'm just wrong. Um, but it's, in, I guess it's interesting to, th- to throw these ideas out here. So now at least everybody knows where not to dig. All right. So I like that three varying solutions have taken us, you know, if there's eight, sections of white point gardens uh that all three interpretations have taken us to you know within 50 75 yards of the easternmost sections of these uh of of white point uh yeah there's been there's been a lot of theories that have uh involved that sundial on the other side of the park but they're pretty stretchy and they involve swapping the verses and all kinds of stuff it seems like everybody's focused on this one area of the park and it's tiny and like this is a, a small park Yes. Compared to, you know, like Golden Gate Park or Battery Park or whatever. Well, as, a, as you know, the sundial, since you brought it up, I, I love competing theories. And I know there's some great research and great theories done for Moultrie. And I subscribe to some of those, but only in as much as I don't have to disagree with what the verse says in verse 5. If you can tell me a better match than May 1913 or, you know, something that really just ties it to White Point... I'll hear you out, but I haven't heard anything substantial enough that really takes me away from white point. And verse five tends to do that. Verse six is just, it's low hanging fruit for white point. Yeah. So I, I've been saving my questions until I heard everybody's theories. So um, I've not been to Charleston. Um, I have not done any research on this puzzle. Um, so full disclosure there. But so my, my, my first question I have for every theory I've read as everybody says that two arms extended are cannons. And here's my issue with that. I get arms, weapons, cannons. I get that. But the word extended seems very purposefully used. And cannons, unless they are in a ship and being pushed out to be used to be fired, doesn't seem like just sitting there on display. They are extended. So why does everybody think these are cannons? The old um, this is this has been brought up a long time ago to veterans and it's been argued a little bit. The veterans idea was there's two different types of cannons in this park. There are long guns and there are artillery guns. Right. And it, it was wanting to make sure that you knew it was a long gun. Um, it was just a creative way of saying that. Now, whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. It doesn't seem to jive. Like if we think about Chicago, Cleveland and Boston, it doesn't seem to jive with any of those puzzles. Right. Those puzzles were very specific. Home feel at home is home plate. Right. An arm should be an arm. A tree should be a tree. Um, so I don't know. But that's that was the that was the leading thought back in the day. Let me make it more confusing for you uh, from a military perspective. 
arms are never extended. Arms are presented. You know, in fact, it's a it's right. a, it's a, a, a order for marching. Present arms. So in that context, but would Byron have known that? I don't think Byron's like this hardcore veteran that was a uh, you know a jarhead or something like that that's going to know that hey if i put arms extended somebody's really going to take exception to this uh the japanese hints kind of lean in my opinion toward it being a canon too but the japanese hint is the arm that it's talking about what angle do you put it in it's difficult like that that because when you're 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 you know you're maneuvering or whatever cannons you're putting them at specific angles um, yeah. And you're not doing that so much with your arms. I don't know. Um, I, I want to make a comment about the angle component because I wonder if some things, you know, Japanese clues have, there's no reason to believe that they aren't as accurate as they need to be. But when I say what angle to put it at, we immediately think, you know, uh, mathematical angle, geometry or whatever. But whatever, what if it was, well, what angle do I spin this at? How do I present this? You know, what angle do I present this in? What context? If angle were synonymous with context, uh, and I don't want to change the Japanese clues, I'm not so <laughs> insinuating that we just scrap it. But uh, what if it said, in what context do I put this arm? I think uh, I think now's a good time to say this. Um, we should have some clarification on the Japanese clues soon. Um, there's a, a member of the community who's been working very closely, not just with the publisher of the Japanese clues, mm-hmm. but with the author of the Japanese clues, who has been getting an as accurately as possible um, retranslation of the Japanese clues back into English. I think I mean, it's there's, there's so a, insightful. Yeah, there's like emails Absolutely. back and forth between him and the original translator trying to get the the, the precise intention down. So hopefully we'll have that soon. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Um, and it, it'll answer that'd be some amazing. questions. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian, so you're uh, and that that is fantastic news. So Brian, you um yes. you simultaneously intrigued me and disgusted me whenever you were talking about the skull god. <laughs> um, <laughs> but wow. uh, I apologize. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I, I I would love to own one, but just the thought of drinking out of somebody's skull makes me want to vomit. Um yeah. so one of the things I do with JJP's arts, um, he's a fantastic artist. We all know that. Uh, so one of the things I do is I look at things that he's painted versus what they look like in real life because he he he, he he's amazing. He 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 can paint something and it's exactly what it would look like in real life. So when you look at the lion's face and you talk about the goblet, um, and I'm assuming you're talking about the nose when you say the nose of the goblet, you're talking about the angle in which the nose goes up to the eyes of the lion and that creates the glass of the goblet. Um, when, when you look at a photo of a lion and feel free to Google lion face or whatever you want to right now, that's how lions, that's how, that's exactly what I did. As soon as you said that, I was like, let me look at this. That's exactly what a lion's nose looks like. That's not, that does not deviate from the actual nose, uh, whatever you want to say, uh, shape of the nose of a lion. That's what they look like. Now, what does deviate is that the nose does not connect to the mouth. So the only thing that's added there is that extra black where the nose is – even the nose shape is the same as a line. But that black line that's added connecting to the mouth is what's different, which is exactly, what leads right me beside to believe that's not – yeah. So that that's what leads me to believe it's probably not a – it's phenomenal outside-the-box thinking that you came up with that. But I don't think it's the, the, the skull goblet. I think it's definitely talking about the, um, the capstan because that's the only variance from an actual lion's face when you look at the two images. 
Um, now, what I would love uh, for you guys to think about in um, the community to think about is the top of the lion's head. And you guys kind of covered this. Uh, and if everybody doesn't know, there's a walkthrough of White Point Gardens that this group did. Um, it was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, great information um, that they were all sharing. It's on YouTube. It's on the 12 Treasures um, YouTube page. Um, so you guys kind of talk about the forehead of the lion, and then there's a uh, monument there. Uh, but also above the forehead of the lion, there's some shaping going on there. Where in, the, in the hairline? The, in the hairline, yes. Yeah, what an odd hairline. That's yeah. that's intentional. There's no question that's intentional. Without a doubt. Yeah. What is that? I think I think honestly, I think we're looking at this image wrong. Right. And I think we've been looking at I think Boston having JJP on the Boston episode uh, explain to us the clues he was trying to get across showed us that we've been looking at these images wrong. We've been looking for things that match 100 percent, wherein like in Boston, there was something there was the home plate that matched 100 percent in Chicago. There was the fence post that matched. It was a lot of stuff in Chicago. There's a lot of stuff in Cleveland in Charleston. There didn't seem to be too much. Right. It, there seems to be illustrative art like it's trying to tell you a story like. Uh, the the pair you get the pyramid bridge right it's trying to tell you a story you have a lion's the king of the jungle right you got king street right there you've got a cross in the lion's mane you've got church street right there you've got an x you've got meeting street I, it, it feels to me like this illustration is not trying to say this is this so much as it's trying to uh, tell you through its illustration what you need to be looking for and where you need to be I feel it leans more to on the literary, on the verse than it does the image. The image, I mean, they really give you a, a softball pitch to hit by putting Charleston's Peninsula in the, in the painting. You know where you are, and the fact that May 1913 was so prominently put in the verse tells you, I mean, if, if you start anywhere in White Point Gardens and make your way to the main captain, I think you're at least a third of the way, if not halfway, to finding the cask's location. I think what I'm, I think what I'm getting at is, if we're maybe we should with these images, we really need to start looking less at at positive matches and more at trying to figure out what the artist, what story the artist is trying to tell us and how he wants us to read this image. Um, like like, for instance, um, Palancar, one of his heroes, one of his artistic heroes is Dolly. Right. And Dolly has this way of painting where. If you move the painting slightly to the left or to the right, or if you angle it in a certain way, um, random shapes become a much larger picture, right? It, it, you could see in one of Dolly's paintings, there's, you know, several lines that run diagonally. And if you look at the painting in a diagonal way, those lines turn into a skull. And I'm wondering if because of the way, especially like the butterfly wings in this painting, how they're not exactly symmetrical. I'm wondering if there's a way if you angle this painting, you can see uh, more of what Palancar is trying to tell you. What story would it tell? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, if we knew, uh, we'd be, again, talking about the cask we found <laughs> instead of the cask we're looking for. I've, I've bent this painting. I've twisted it. I've looked at it sober. I've looked at it with a few drinks. And uh, even after a few drinks, all it looks at looks like my dad yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it seems... It, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I see my father and he's yelling at me. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm kidding. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, it's very I'm... obvious the ties to the immigration here. No, no doubt. Um, so um, embedded in the sand. Uh, a lot of people talk about that being, oh, the cask is buried in the sand. I don't buy that. That seems uh, mm -hmm. too direct. 
Um, I really, uh, and I, I think I heard this first when you guys uh, did the video, but the, the cannon embedded in the sand. Um, and yep. yes. if I remember correctly, it's not there anymore. Is that right? That's no, it's correct. still there. It's still there. No, okay, the cannon, cool. the yeah. cannon's still there. Yeah. So is the plot. Yeah, it's there. We have to be explicit. Which cannon? The Keokuk or the uh, cannon at the northern entrance of Church Street and East Battery? No, the the, the Keokuk. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The, the the one with the giant plaque that says "embedded in the sand." Yeah. That has the so, one that has the plaque that says it was recovered from being embedded in the yeah. sand. Yeah. The, the the exact line it says uh, the gun was raised from the sands of Sullivan's mm-hmm. Island, yes. where it had lain since the close of this war between the states. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I mean yep. that 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 to me. So, uh, I have not seen um, I have not seen one yet that doesn't just kind of give you instructions on how to get to the cask, right? And the last thing is telling you here is okay. I'm I'm giving you between two arms extended, below the bar that binds, beside the long palm shadow, embedded in the sand. So it seems like to me that that's your X marks the spot is somewhere very close to this cannon that's sticking out of the ground. If it is, you are screwed. You are absolutely 100% screwed. There's no way you'll ever find that cask because right behind that cannon is like a hundred year old live oak tree. Like it's huge. And the, the, the roots for that tree extend, they push up against the retaining wall of the park. Like they stick up out of the sand because they have nowhere else to grow. I have no reason to believe that those roots, I mean, roots, they are oak trees have a, a massive root system. They're not a taproot system. They're fibrous. They are ever expanding. Uh, and as old as that oak tree is, I believe the root system would have made it undiggable uh, in between that yeah. oak and the Keokuk 40 years ago. This, yeah. this is not a young tree by any sense. No. Yeah. It's if, if the, if the cask was ever there, we're screwed. And like you were saying, I think even if Byron wanted to put it there, he wouldn't have been able to dig it. Like I've allegedly tried. It's difficult. Right? I've got a, one quick one quick question. Um, if it is in theory around that particular cannon that was embedded in the sand, how how much of a stretch would it be to say that the bench that is literally right next to that cannon, perhaps the cask is buried around that bench, and I only suggest well, I only suggest that or ask that because. In the fairy's wings on our painting, we literally have that bird that is in every uh, wrought iron bench around the park. And that bench is awful close to that one particular cannon. So White Point Gardens is relatively close to me. It's like three hours away. It's not that bad. And it's not that bad of a drive. Um, And Rachel and I, you know, we like adventures. So once a month or so, we'll just, you know, run up to Charleston at two o'clock in the morning uh, and, you know, wander around a park and, you know, not, <laughs> not do, not do anything at that all. Girl loves you. <laughs> um, I've seen some holes. Allegedly. <laughs> White, White Point Gardens has been dug a lot. It really has. Like it's cause it's, it's, it's such a small place and there is a, um, it's such a small park to look in and there's such a big collective of searchers all around it. Like there's me and there's another very, uh, there, there's another longtime searcher. That's sort of a silent member of the podcast team who lives in the lives in this. He lives like a mile away from white point gardens. Uh, there's a couple of other people from QVT that come down every couple of months. Like there have been a lot of holes put in that park that, that all those benches have been dug around. 
the 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 um, capstan that's been dug around just about anywhere you can think to put a hole in white point gardens there's been a hole um the hole in eu that was another searcher's hole like when they ran the the gpr over that where they eventually dug and they were like there's disturbed dirt here there's something there we were watching a live stream online and and one of the searchers was like yeah this is disturbed because that's my hole i dug it like a week ago like oh, ev- it's, it's it's weird every place in that park that you could think to dig there's been a hole so i have to wonder like this verse is man it matches white point garden so well but with all of these holes dug are we in the wrong place I think you can put you could put White Point Gardens to bed when you can, and not saying oh Chris knows everything. When you can, without a doubt, uh, say there's no anomalies under the bricks. And I know that's a, that's a tall order to put on anybody, uh, but there is a path for that. But until you can eliminate it, I don't know that we can say that White Point Gardens doesn't have the most correlations to the verse. So I'm surprised that nobody brought up the um, the Fort Sumter looking uh, home plate looking figure, the painting yet. Well, I love it. Um, in fact, it's one of my uh, contrarian points of views because so many of the paintings have a very prominent clock face. What we have is Fort Sumter that looks like it might be construed as a clock. What does that mean? Why don't we get a clock? Now, Boston didn't have a clock and uh, I think uh, – one well, of no, San Francisco has a clock, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. So why don't we have a, a very obvious clock? Which brings me to a contrarian point of view. If you guys want to entertain another rabbit hole, I'd be happy to tell you about it. Sure. So clocks have – give me all the parts of a clock. What do clocks have? They have a face. What else do they have? They have arms. They have arms. They have do we hands. call – they have hands. hands. They, they have, have hands. hands. We, we don't refer to clocks having arms. They have hands. Bradley doesn't. Bradley doesn't know what clocks I'm, are. I, I'm, I'm still stuck thinking about arms extended. <laughs> okay, forget arms extended for a second. Clocks have hands, and maybe uh, in a literary context, hands have palms. So if we're looking at this Fort Sumter uh, home plate mask or home plate uh, pendant, whatever it is, and we see that we have a shorthand at four o'clock position, which corresponds diamond, blah, blah, blah. We know the dogma that goes with that. What we don't have is a 12 o'clock hand. We don't have a long hand. We don't have a long hand, a long palm. So in the context of my proposal, if we're standing on the southeastern portion of the bed by Jasper, what if we stood on the northern part of Jasper where the proverbial uh, non-existent on the painting longhand would be and assume that the 12 o'clock position would be a long hand long hand meaning long palm and again we're still in that flower not flower bed in that uh, concrete curb but we face the same issue we're no better off there than we are at the four o'clock position of the jasper statue because we still have red bricks to contend with so i thought that was a pretty neat alternative to it but again it's a stretch Here's my question. Did you go into White Point Garden, look for red bricks, and then backwards solve from there? No. Actually, I started. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're agreeing with my father and you're yelling at me? (laughs) No. Um, So it was pretty interesting. I forgot about the bars. And I started with the whole – I loved the arm of uh, Confederate Memorial and the arm of the Moultrie Memorial as being somewhere between there. And 
I happened to laser measure from one statue to the next. And lo and behold, it was 150 feet. Now, I thought that was significant because there's either a TS or a di- or 75 in the diamond. I thought, wow, between two arms extended, between midpoint, midpoint 75, and there just happened to be 150 feet almost to the half inch between these two statues. I thought that was pretty significant. So I started out with that. And as I dived further into uh, historical pictures of all these statues, I realized something was missing. And I asked my dad, I said, there used to be bars here. You'd step into the concrete curb and you'd step over these bars. Well, my dad's, you know, 25 years older than I am. And he's like, yeah, I think so, but I don't really know. So then I met uh, another local. I've mentioned him, Lauren Smith, who vaguely remembered it. But then the other day he, he asked his parents and they go, oh, yeah. Absolutely. There were bars that you had to step over to get to the statue. They were about, uh, you know, two feet away from the uh, statue, and it it was a square around the statue. And I said, you know what? I remember that. And I remember being in high school, going to the park and sitting down in the park and seeing these doggone bars. And I said, without a doubt, I know that my memory is true. The bars existed. If they're not the same bars from the verse, I know that they were there. So that's when I really focused. I said, there's no way it's between uh the two statues and with the with the showing of the uh expedition unknowns dig i said well if they've got gpr data they don't make these decisions to dig in a vacuum they're although you know according to bradley and only bradley that they never find anything Hmm. that's not their intention (laughs) while they're a tv show they don't want to make bradley honest and never find anything they really do want to find something so they've got gpr data multiple producers multiple advisors saying hey we've got hits this is the most likely hit so they didn't make that decision likely so uh and there may have been alleged probes 75 feet between these two statues with no hits other than soft sand at 18 inches so i've heard so i didn't subscribe to that theory anymore i said well there's no other bars in my book. I didn't really subscribe to the bar of the uh, park bench. So I said, well, let me focus on this. And what a shithole that there's bricks here, and I can't really prove it. And even worse, uh, I was walking with a buddy of mine, Jared, who's in the group. And he goes, you know, you've got a great theory in that it meets A, B, C, and D, but show me a picture. And there is the, you know, <laughs> there's the cast proof. Without a picture, people fail to believe it. But I will go on record and say... They were there, uh, and things can exist even if you didn't have a picture. Now, when you take the lack of availability of a picture and the context of the park in the 80s, you would say, well, nobody would go down there and take a picture. It wasn't a place where people went and got their wedding pictures taken the way it is today. So there is some support for why there wouldn't be a picture. But damn, if anybody that hears this has family photos, <laughs> find a picture. <laughs> So here, here's some a suggestion for anybody that's looking for pictures for these puzzles. Uh, go on YouTube and just look for like family vacation videos. Don't look for you know White Point Garden this statue. Look for like White Point Garden family vacation, or go on Flickr. Go on Flickr and look for um, South Carolina family vacation or South Carolina trip, and just yeah, it's going to take time. But, oh my God, the photos I have found and the video clips I have found for the puzzles that I research, it's gold. It takes some hunting, but you find it. 
two things that two two things related to this that I've found uh like the best video I've ever found about St. Augustine was on YouTube entitled like St. Augustine Family Vacation 1978 or whatever. Another good thing to do is a lot of these places are used as filming locations. Like a lot of these parks that we're in, especially places like Fountain of Youth, they're used as filming locations for um for movies and for TV shows, right? And there there are databases online where you can go and you can search like a map. You can you can tell it, you know, where you're looking in this map and it'll tell you where on that map movies were filmed. You can go back and watch the movies. You know, one of the best things that I found for the Fountain of Youth to illustrate people people always ask how Byron could just break into a place in the, you know, in the eighties and break into private property. And I always try to tell people that there's a, there's a wall that's at the fountain of youth that was missing, but I was never able to prove it until I found out an episode of Lassie was filmed in like 1974 (laughs) in the fountain of youth. And I found the clip and the wall is just gone. I was finally able to show people that. Nice. So it's, yeah, it's really, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, resources out there that people just don't realize. Uh, fun, fun side story of that. Um, so John Frazier was a young man, uh, a kid, I think, whenever that was filmed. And that's when he found out there wasn't just one actual lassie. There were several dogs. And he said his heart was just broken when that happened. <laughs> I think I can, number one, make the community very, very happy. And number two, put this Jasper argument to bed for you all at one time. There is a community member. Um, and I'm not going to say his name cause he's not 100% done with this yet. And I don't want people to bombard him until he's ready, but there is a community member who has found a source for, you know, fairly reasonably priced GPRs. And he is planning on taking those GPRs and renting them out to treasure hunters at insanely low prices. Like, like, uh, I, don't quote me on this, but it's like a hundred dollars a week. It's nothing. The, uh, he really just wants to help treasure hunters by renting them a GPR. Um, so hopefully soon we'll just be able to GPR it. We can call, we'll call this dude hundred bucks, fly a GPR out and just, you know, scan the land. Will that work under brick? Yeah. Yeah. It it'll should. work under anything. It should. Let's do yeah, it. Absolutely. You know, I can say this. Um, I can't source this because the person that told it to me is under NDA, but when the Ep- expedition unknown episode came out, they had a GPR in white point gardens. And I asked yeah. them, I, I asked one of the, I asked one of the people, um, I was like, where, where did you guys GPR? I was like, can we get a map? Cause when they GPR St. Augustine, they provided us a map. Um, and the person said, you know, travel channel was a little lenient discovery channels, not and NDAs are kind of hardcore, but they said, if you saw the park, if you saw part of the park on the TV show, it was fully GPR. Mm-hmm. So anywhere on the battery side of the Jasper Monument, basically, has been GPR'd. Uh, I, I don't want to beat dead horses, but has it GPR'd over those red bricks? And I, I'd love to see that data. <laughs> and I know, I know I'm maybe hanging to the proverbial thread of the cypress tree. But well, uh, it, it, screws, it screws everybody up a little bit to say that it's been GPR'd. But then again, like the, the guy with the, with the GPR, I've seen his data and GPRs are hard to read and casts are easy to miss. I mean, he, he GPR'd over a replica cask and couldn't find it until I right. told him where it was. It's like looking for a needle in a stack it's of a needles. Needle, yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> so I don't know. So really that's what I bring up. How do we advance the Charleston search at this point? What can be done short of 
publicizing GPR data so that people can use it towards their own research. I don't know what the next step is. I think you bring a great point. Find the story that the image is telling us, but let's mm-hmm. also go, go with analytical data so that we can see, hey, while this has been GPR'd, the one common denominator here is the human factor. And because humans are not an error-proof animal, uh, one person's reading could be, hey, that's a hit. Another person's reading could be, that's a hole that was dug a week ago. And another person could say, well, that doesn't look like anything to me. And then the fourth person will say, well, why the hell would I GPR over bricks? So I don't know how I'm so advanced it other than let's uh, you know put some more money on this because we can get the data, we can get the GPR, and there's no risk of investing money in this where this cask will wind up on somebody's fireplace. Well, okay. <laughs> 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 Casks on fireplaces, man. Yeah, pot shop much. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about in Charleston? Brian, you, yeah. you've been kind of quiet. Do you have anything that we missed? Well, I don't necessarily have anything that we don't have anything we really missed, but I do have just a uh, a question in general, and just for everybody's own opinion, see what y'all think about this. Um, in the three casts that have been found, uh, Chicago, Cleveland, and Boston, the location of each cast that was found was quite literally in the painting. Uh, for Chicago, it was the fence. Cleveland, it was the stone archway with the, the planters. Boston, quite literally, the home plate that's actually in the painting. Um, having said that, what would be, in your guys' opinions, what would be our image that shows exactly where it's hidden? What, what's what's our, our dig site in the painting? Where would it be? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Boston's home plate, it, it had been mm. noticed before. It, it was pointed out that it had been posted at Q4T many, many years ago. But nobody paid attention to it because, you know, we didn't know what we were looking for. It's weird. I think I think we'll we'll, it's one of those. The answer is sort of. uh, um, I mean, it's a crappy answer, but I think it's we'll know when we know. Exactly. Um, we, won't, we won't know until after it's after it's found. Yeah, it be but the bad, the bad obvious. thing about it is the bad thing about it is White Point Gardens is so small that between the the four of us here, we know practically everything in this park, but we can't attribute any of those things to this painting. We just can't. I mean, even like you said, the the birds and the wings. That's not. Yeah. That's that's not fence post correct. You know that's no, not. That's, I truly that's don't true. think it is, and I I truly believe that the the pigeon or i think it's a pigeon in the fairy wings is not the same bird it's a close representation but it truly isn't the same bird that's in the park bench uh by genus species it's just a close representation there's only two really obvious really specific things that i can think of in this painting and that's fort sumter and the city of charleston i mean there is that there is that monument on the battery wall for fort sumter that has the shape of fort sumter in it and i can tell you allegedly it it's been done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there was nothing there so like I, I i don't know i'm at a loss i think um we'll we'll know when we know so uh one one point of clarification i want to throw out is um earlier uh george you're talking about dolly and his painting style and um i i think a much better example of kind of what we're trying to put forth um in renaissance art perspective was 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 a major key there's a painting called The Ambassadors by Hans Holbin. Hans Holbin the Younger. It was done in 1533. Uh, 
that's what you want to look up. Um, there's paintings like that, that uh, there's a skull in the bottom of the painting. And if you don't know it's there, you wouldn't know it's there. But if you turn the painting at a certain angle, if the focus of the painting is the skull. Um, so I think that's what we want to look up when we're kind of trying to look at these perspective type paintings. And we're talking about things like the fairy's wings. Right. I mean, we know we know that Palancar's done stuff like this in the past because Kit said once on Facebook, the inspiration for the Florida painting was what David by Dolly, which was like a a painting of a, a mountain. And when you flipped it upside down, you realized the statue of David was hidden in the mountain. So right. so and and Florida does kind of work that way when and you can you get the alligator skull like or the alligator head in the in the Florida mountain. We know that Palancar uses these kind of things from artists that he likes. So it seems um, it seems obvious he, he, he might use it here or at least yeah, it seems absolutely. reasonable he might use it here. 100 percent. So I guess we're done with Charleston. Oh. While we're still recording, um, I do want to just remind the community that this weekend um, we are having a meetup in New Orleans. So Woo-hoo. that is Saturday the 14th. And uh, what time is it, George? Is it 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock? It's at 2 o'clock. It's 2, two o'clock. o'clock. It's at a, an awesome bar. We have an entire area and a balcony. Um, bring your beads. Bring your fun. Do not bring your coronavirus. Uh, that's, that's part of a joke, but really, if you feel sick, don't come, don't bring it to us. We want you to be there, but we don't want your, your germs to be with you. Yeah. So March 14th at two o'clock from two, from two to about probably, probably about four, it's listed at about five, but, uh, from two to about four, we're going to be at Santos bar. Um, it's at one thirty-five Decatur street in new Orleans. Um, the bar has graciously donated, uh, a balcony for us. So we have a private balcony. They have asked, there's, there's no entry fee. We, we don't want to charge anybody for this kind of stuff, but they have graciously asked that people buy drinks, whether or not it's Coke or whatever, just <laughs> give my the, arm, <laughs> give the, give the bar some money for graciously donating their, um, their balcony to us. Um, so yeah, it should be fun. It's going to be me and you. We had a bunch of surprises, but we don't anymore. It's just going to be me and you, Bradley. You know, me, you, and the awesome community that we're a part of. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, so far, we've done uh, three of these, and they have all been three, two, yeah. two, two. Well, two. Uh, Charleston, you kind of counted as one. Eh, yeah. yeah. So they, they've all been amazing, the ones I've been able to attend. And so I'm super excited to get to meet new faces and uh, put faces to names that I've talked to online. It's uh, always been a blast. Yeah, people are really excited. <laughs> we've got people We've got people flying in from New York, people that are driving in from Ohio and or, uh people who are driving in from Missouri, um, people who are coming in from San Francisco. We got people that are coming in from all over. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, bring those beads and uh, be prepared to have a blast. Um, Other thing we have going on right now is we do still have a charity auction going on um, for an original uh, signed book, right? Yeah, that ends in two days. Um, So far, we've raised a decent amount of money. We're going to give it all to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, it's going to be great. So there's a link on the Facebook pages if you want to donate and have a chance to win a book signed by so John Palancar. What's the specific date it ends? Just so when we get this published, the tenth. Uh... It, it ends on the 10th. It, it will Ooh. probably be over by the time this podcast. Oh is out no. Us, so. Well, if I hope you're hearing you this now, it. sorry, join the Facebook pages so you can stay up to date on these things. <laughs> and absolutely. congrats on whoever got it. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely. kind of an awesome book. It's phenomenal. Uh, 12treasures.com guys. That's where you can find all of our pages, all of our social media links, uh, YouTube links, uh, anything you would want. 12treasures.com. 
Guys, I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing. It takes a lot of uh, guts and uh, a lot of uh, time you've obviously put into doing this research and putting these solves together. So hopefully uh, you've helped out and uh, you brought some light to something that's going to help either yourselves or another community member or me find the Charleston cast. So thank you so very much for spending time with us today. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Can I have yeah. a parting comment as well? Sure. No, your um, time is up. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am clicking end now. Click end now. As, lo you as long as it's not about the bricks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's A, Bradley said Josh never finds anything. And B, you know, they say if you see a turtle on a post, it had help getting there. I think if we are going to find the Charleston cask, and I do wholeheartedly believe it's still out there available to find, uh, it's going to take this community really just banding together. And I'd love to see more posts about people people's proposals. Uh, without the, I don't want to share it in case somebody goes and digs it up. Guys, time is money. Money is time. We've all invested significant time. Get your proposals out there. Uh, toughen up your skin. People are going to challenge these notions. That's what it's all about. But that's the way we sift through some of the uh, the dogma, some of the uh, just wild theories that may or may not yield anything. So get them on the community. I want to read them. Everybody wants to read them. So often we want to help. You get the captive audience and then you just go silence because you don't want to put it out in that domain. Don't be afraid. Uh, ignore the noise, put your stuff out there, and uh, let the community vet it. Very well said, Chris. And to um, oh, to Josh, uh, now that I know you're never going to talk to me again, I appreciate the conversations <laughs> that we had. Hmm. I think it's good to end on this. Uh, one of our community members, Cheryl Severance, likes to point out this quote from The Secret. Um, the quote is, in our land and in our time, the fair people and their treasures yet wait to be discovered. If man is good and kind and playful, he and she will find them. That is the secret. city it feels like things are closing in the sun sets just my light bulb burning now well, I miss Kentucky and I miss my family all the sweetest winds they blow across the sand